Good evening and welcome. Um, uh, we have some guests here, I do see. I'm, I'm Ryan Buck, I'm the pastor, and I'm grateful you're here with us. Uh, it's a small family gathering here at the First Baptist Church. Uh, I hope it's a tradition we continue. This is actually the first choir of the First Baptist Church in maybe close to a decade, maybe not quite that long, but it's been at least four. That's how long my family and I have been here, and so I'm very grateful to share, uh, for us to share this with you. I want to say a couple of quick thank yous. I would like to thank uh, uh, Sheila and her husband, Don Durflinger, for coming. Uh, Sheila is playing the piano for us, uh, and then also John Benefil. You'll see him, him in a bit on the drums. Uh, Thane, one of our deacons and drummers, is in Arizona, and so we reached out for some help, but... We are very grateful for everybody, and we're grateful for our choir master, uh, uh, Brother Eddie. Pastor Eddie uh, is, uh, put it, has put this together, and, uh, and also for all these folks that have been coming up and practicing. But let's open with a word of prayer, and then we'll continue with our music. And then when we conclude, the show is not over. We have food uh, and a Christmas party, and kiddos, we've got a special guest coming and I hear he brings gifts. So uh, anyways, we'll have that in a bit, and we'll have a white elephant gift exchange and a contest on who makes the best carne asada. So I need some judges. So let's open with a word of prayer, and then we will worship our Lord. Let's pray. Father, we want to say thank you. Uh, Father, we want to say thank you with our lives. Father, we want to say thank you. Uh, Father, with our families, Father, as we serve you, and Lord, bring you much praise this year at Christmas, Father. God, you have, Lord, blessed the Buck household immensely, Father, through uh, this community, Father, through this church. And, Father, I just pray, Lord, as we spend the evening together, uh, Lord, saying thank you in song as well, Father, that, Lord, uh, the families that are here tonight, Father, would be as richly blessed as mine is, Father. I just pray, God, you would continue to multiply your love and your grace. But, God, let us never forget, Father, that you, Lord, brought your family to us. To bring us in, Father, whenever we were outside of your forever family, God. Thank you for the privilege of being a part of the family of God. And thank you for all the work that's gone into putting, Lord, this, Lord, not just the ministry of this church, but especially tonight together, God. Thank you for that. And I pray God will enjoy it this evening. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.
Reading from Isaiah 9, verses 6 through 7. 
For a child will be born with a, for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast, and his prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now and forever. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this.
Spanish, so if you don't know the words, uh, you can follow along with us, okay? Our second reading is from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 16. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And, will, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory be to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger.
So in our home, we have been uh, reading together in the evenings uh, the Christmas story out of Luke. I'm sure that's a story we'll read um, on Christmas Eve in our candlelight service. We've been reading through the book of Luke as well uh, every morning uh, in the month of December. Uh, I want to just just take a moment. I won't be very long tonight, but uh, something that I think is, is quite important. Uh, and this story that sometimes get, gets overlooked uh, in, in Luke chapter 2. Uh, particularly, let me just start in verse 1, and I'll just read a few verses. But it says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire would be registered. This first registration took place while Quinarius was governor, governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him, and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. Now, uh, in, in some different older translations, uh, they would take the word there, it's particularly there in verse 7, it says that there was no room for them in the inn. Uh, and we would sometimes get this picture that, you know, 
Mary is being led on a donkey through this tough wilderness journey, which it was not easy. And they came to Bethlehem, and the Motel 6 was full. The Ramada Inn was booked. There was, you know, Tom Bodette turned the light off. There was nowhere for them to go because it was full. But the reality is, is that that's a mistranslation about an inn. Uh, actually, that, 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 is, that is far removed from what would happen in that culture 2,000 years ago or in that culture today in the Middle East. Uh, if there was someone there, a stranger that was a, the pregnant woman, they would find a place for her. But particularly, we see that, that though, though Joseph was a carpenter in Nazareth, uh, Bethlehem what was his ancestral home. And there were cousins there. There were relatives there. There were people there that he probably knew. And I'm sure, you know, God would not give a stewardship of raising his son to a man that was inept. I'm pretty sure that Joseph knew people and had family where he was going to go stay. I have no doubt in my mind that the town was full and that these cousins had a lot of other cousins staying with them. The, the, the word there in, in my trance, because there was no guest room available for them. I, I, I didn't take the time to pull it up. I, I went through my old computer and I found pictures of where I, where I went to Israel 10 years ago at seminary. But actually, the picture of what this, there's a, this, this, an actual home for folks in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. Uh, and, and actually, it wasn't in December. Uh, it was probably in, in early springtime, uh, and the way they had the home set up, there would be a big living area with a place to cook, and there would be uh, a, a, a bedroom off of it, and behind it would be the, the, where we get the word in. It's the guest area, and the, but then down below, just the kitchen living area, it was open, almost like this. There was a place where the animals could come in at night, especially when it was cold and, and, and bad weather, and it, and it would almost open up to the outside. It's kind of like having your barn in your house. And so and so, you born in a barn? Anybody ever hear that growing up? Literally, you lived in the barn, almost. It was a, kind of the lower portion of the house. And, 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 so, and, and also, I've had pictures of homes like this kind of built up, hewn into the side of, of rock. And but literally, you know, the family would sit there, and at night, a lot of these animals would come in. And, and we know that, that from what Scripture tells us, they weren't wealthy, uh, Joseph's family. But also down the lower part where these animals would be brought in, they, they would have literally a, there, there would be a, 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 this this idea of, of, a, of a of a feed trough carved into the stone where the animals would eat food and so forth. And so whenever you understand the context of the Scripture, it makes perfect sense when you read this that uh, then she gave birth to her first son and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room back in the guest room. So, the, so they were sleeping down where the animals normally slept. But it was, it was in the springtime. The animals, they weren't in. They were out. They were with family. It was... It was, it was Maybe it was the distant cousins that maybe you only see every about every five or ten years. Anybody have cousins like that? You know, you don't see too very often. But 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 there it was a time of family, and I think that is really important. And I think it's really significant when we think about Christmas. Um, whenever when we're celebrating, literally our salvation. If Christ doesn't come to the world. We, we, we don't have hope. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know how people can face this world. And, and I have not been through many difficulties. I'm going to turn 40 years old this year. I'm going to tell you, I've, I'm a blessed man. Most of the hardship I have faced, I have earned it. It hasn't just happened to me. But I don't know how people face this world without God. And, and whenever we're celebrating Christmas, it's the fact that God has brought us into relationship with him and he did that through a family. And I think that's significant. But, but listen to this. This is something else, though, that I think gets bumped over. And, and it might be just a stretch. So we see this story in Luke, how Jesus was born uh, with Mary and Joseph in this, in this small, tit, small uh, tight nuclear family that, you know, just Mary and Joseph at first. And then I believe later on they had more children. But a, you know, brought into this extended family situation just to be sheltered for this particular census. But then if, if we flip over to the book of Matthew, um, there, there's something else that is just, is just quite startling, I think. Uh, I won't go back and read through all of this text about the birth of Jesus, but I, I've been referencing this in my sermon the last couple of weeks 
uh, because we also know the story of the wise men. By the way, there weren't three wise men. There, there, it just says there were wise men. Uh, we don't exactly know the origin, but we know that God revealed to them in the heavens something significant that was going to take place to fulfill ancient prophecy. It was significant. And, and they came, uh, and, and, and first we, we hear that they came to Herod because he was the ruler over Israel underneath the authority of the Romans. But, but see, Herod knew a little bit of Scripture, but he also was a very wicked man. And, and we read in verse 16 of Matthew chapter 2, it says, Then Herod, when he realized that he had been, uh, that he had been, been outwitted by the wise men, uh, flew into a rage. He gave orders to massacre all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and younger. In keeping with the time he had learned from the wise men that, when, that, that what was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children. And she refused to be consoled because they, they were no more. Now, if my, if my assumption is correct here that Mary and Joseph... Were, were, were brought in, no, at, at the very least, they were, these were people in Bethlehem that were hospitable. I think they probably knew the family. I think they probably were close enough of distant kin to welcome them in. And, and, and then we also know from what the Scripture says that, that you know, the, you know, the, the Lord appeared through an angel to Joseph and warned them what was to come, and they fled. The wise men brought basically great wealth uh, to to Mary and Joseph with, with these gifts. And, and they had to flee and go to Egypt. And so they were already gone by the time Herod's men came. But the family there that had sustained the birth of Christ, they had to suffer. I mean, the entire community of Bethlehem and the surrounding areas. I mean, they, literally, there were probably hundreds of children murdered. And, and, I, and I, it just struck me as I was thinking about that how... You know, I'm sure as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a dad, you know, maybe I knew that Joseph had been there six months before and Mary had that baby and I knew about it. And, and I had and heard about what the angels sang about because the, the shepherds came and they were telling what was happening. Just imagine if my son was of a young age and all I had to do and say, wait, wait, stop, Herod's men. Don't, don't kill my child. I, I, know, I, know, I know where this baby is. They, they didn't do that. I think it's interesting. They didn't do that. They didn't preserve. And, and I, I'm making some jumps here. But, but I think there's something to that. Because I just want you guys to know how important my family is. How important my faith family is to me. And Scripture points over and over how important it is. And it, it, I think Scripture also makes it quite clear, as I mentioned this morning in the sermon, that you know the enemy wants to destroy our individual families. The enemy wants to destroy our faith family. Because we, we are not just the defense against him. We are the offense against him to, to, to spread the kingdom of God and, and to thwart what he wants to accomplish in this world. But, but I, I just want to make one final point. And, just, and just, just I hope to compel you to be grateful for your own particular family, how God has used uh, people in your life to bring you to faith, to share the stories, but also to protect you and to provide for you. Uh, but, but one particular point, um, maybe how this faith family has provided. But in, in, in Ephesians uh, chapter 2, um, I, I won't read a ton because uh, it'll really cause me to go off track here. But this is what Christ did when he came. This is what it means to be a part of the faith family. Paul says this, So then remember that at one time you were Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcised by those called the circumcised, which is done in the flesh by human hands. At that time you were without Christ, excluded from the citizenship of Israel and foreigners to the covenant of promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. I, I, I just want you guys to know that there has been great sacrifices made 
on your behalf. For us to be able to, to gather here to worship because we have a God that we can know Him. The great sacrifices that have happened, and some of us have come from horrible backgrounds. Uh, I don't know all of your stories, but no matter what your story is, you are here tonight. And God has a particular plan for you. And, 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 and I, I am just so grateful. I'm so grateful for what God has provided for me. Because I want you to know, um, you know, that, I mean, in the, we've been here, Rachel and I will be here four years on December 21st. We've known some tragedies in our own personal family since then. Uh, I've, I've had two funerals of, of close relatives. Every time I've been to a funeral, I've had to go out of town for, for a close relative. I just got to turn over and look over my shoulders. I got brothers from my church family there to support me and, uh, or, 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 or sisters there. Uh, I've, I've had financial issues, and I've gone and I've talked to my friends and gotten help from this church, from this faith family. I've had great and exciting things happen that I just want to tell somebody and I call some of my brothers here in this faith family before I call anybody else. And, and, and guys, it's not just because I'm in close, such close proximity to you. Um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, in, in, in a church family, <laughs> in a small town, uh, man, sometimes, you know, we, we, God puts peculiar people together. Who, who would have thought that a great big redneck from West Texas would partner up with a guy from New Zealand, Right? There's some laughs from England. You know, just cultures are different. You know, uh, upbringings are different. Um, you know, the language isn't different, but it sounds different. But we have a common thing that binds us together. We're a part of the family of God. And it has real intangible benefits. And I'm just thankful for each of you. Uh, and so uh, the, the last thing that I'll say, and then we're going to close. I think we have another song. We have, we're going to do Silent Night together. Um, as we finish up tonight and we go and we enjoy uh, this meal together and this, and this fellowship, um, I, I, just, I just I got two things. One, I hope that you cherish um, what you have available here. Um, it breaks my heart as a pastor sometimes to reach out into, into, to folks uh, and knowing what great benefit it is to be a part of the family of God, but yet not taking advantage of that and being a part of it. I'm so thankful, and I hope that you cherish it and you take advantage of it. But then here's the next thing. Just as those families in Bethlehem that perhaps they could have shouted out, no, don't do what you're doing, wicked Herod. I'll tell you where that child was. They they didn't, they didn't squeal. They, they, they were silent, and, and Christ was preserved. Um, the church family protects one another. And I, I want us to be a strong family that looks out for one another, that cares for each other's needs, that, that, that not just, doesn't just build a, a strong, pretty building with strong relationships, but we grow up in our faith, and we need each other as we reach other people. I want you all to be a part of that. I know we have some guests here. I don't know uh, if you have a faith family, but you have a faith family that wants to bring you in. Um, if you have a relationship with Christ, it's available. Let's pray, and then we will sing Silent Night. Father, Lord God, I am grateful, Lord, for how you provided. And Lord, such great detail, Lord, that we can't even comprehend it all now. Lord, how you so finely and articulately, Lord, brought everything together to bring your Son into the world, Father, to, Lord, fulfill, Lord, so many prophecies and, to, Lord, to just to, Lord, to just to dot every I and to cross every T, Father, Lord, to, Lord, that it was evident to so many that grew up in that culture and knew the law, Father, that so many came to faith, God. Lord, you were a God of details and you provided God, and I just ask, Lord, that, Lord, God, we would know, Lord, what that provision is. Father, as we live at our faith together, Lord, as I know we have some in our congregation, Father, that are struggling, Father, Lord, we have some that are struggling with illness. We have some that are struggling, uh, Father, with uh, needing jobs. Father, we have, Lord, we have some great painful circumstances that we're not even aware of, but, God, you are. 
And I pray, Father, that you would lead us, Lord, as pastors and as deacons and as, and as leaders of ministries and participants of this great church that you're building up here. Father God, you would equip us, Father, to be the hands and feet that you've designed us to be. Father, Lord, let us not be limited by what you can do, Father, because of our lack of faith or lack of vision of who you want us to be in each and every way. Lord, not just as we operate in this church facility, but, God, how we operate in the community, how we operate in our jobs, how we operate, Father, in our homes, Lord. Lord, move in us, Lord, to be an amazing family for you. But thank you for providing it to us. We love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.